We'll talk about that after. <laughs> we'll talk about that after. <laughs> after we say something like this, greetings and salutations, and welcome once again to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time. I am your co-host, the Azorian one, Anthony Steves, and I am joined by alumni, by a Redwood original, for those who watch Sons of Anarchy, one of the forefathers of this very podcast, I am joined by the one, the only, the legendary, the epic. Hi, I'm Tom. It's Tom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's it going, everyone? It's great to be back. Thank you, Steve, for uh, having me on again. Look at that. One of the original six to sit around a table at Curtis's place with shoeboxes mm. and microphones talking about the comics. Mm-hmm. Tom, here. You know him well from, of course, Nerd On, the podcast, and everything else with the Nerd On uh, logo attached to it. He is stopping by now for a few Capeless Crusaders uh, podcast episodes here to, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, it's, it's, it's Tom Homecoming. How about that? Huh? Tall, yeah, dark, not it, ugly homecoming. It'll be the three movie arc uh, origin yeah, story. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, this is the Capeless Crusaders. You are number one, allegedly, rumored to be, podcast for anything comic book related. And of supposedly. course, supposedly. <laughs> and of course, this episode is brought to you in part by the Nerd On Nation, powered by Patreon. The Nerd On Nation allows us to keep the lights on and up our quality. There's a little hamster in a, in a wheel that, that that's running, and you, being a part of the Nerd On Nation, makes that hamster run faster. As a member of the Nerd On Nation, for as little as $1 to $5 a month, you get early access to episodes, a Discord community that is located at nerdon.tv slash Discord, bonus episodes, and so much more. Check it all out at nerdon.tv slash Patreon. You do $1, the hamster kind of runs fast. You do 5 the fastest fucking hamster you've ever seen. And for anything related to the Capeless Crusaders and Nerd On, you can always head over to thecaplesscrusaders.com or nerdon.tv slash the capeless crusaders your hubs for all thing crusaders and nerd on from there you can find all our content as well as the rest of the nerd on podcast family and that hamster named billy batson billy batson the hamster <laughs> running running his heart out so is it called a shahamster a shahamster shahamster <laughs> and he just Lightning hits him, but he's only like a little bit bigger. Not too huge, just a little bit. That's it. And he has the nice little cape. Nice. But he's going to be in trouble when when Black uh, Black Hamdom shows up and uh, has some issues with him. And so Black Ham Hamdom <laughs> is probably voiced by Kevin Hart. Yes. And then Sh- Shazamster should probably be voiced by Chris Pratt. Chris, yes. Bingo. There it is. It's set. It's set. There you go, Super Pets. We got your sequel. <laughs> just writing stuff on just 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 out of nowhere. Hey, Tom, how you feeling, man? Do you want the show answer or do you want the real answer? Give me the show answer. The show answer is uh I'm uh, as 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 my favorite favorite Peter Parker uh trying to do better. 
Mm. Trying to do better in this 2022. Nice. Well, that was good. That was I mean? good. The old the old Tobster. Huh? Yeah. The old the old uh, the old Gatsby Toby. Huh? The uh no that that, <laughs> that 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 voice control that he has, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, it was that that was the Spider-Man 2 reference, wasn't it? When when we thought it was when the, when the when the when the, oh. when the yeah. When, oh, <laughs> I like how you oh. knew. I like how you already knew. Oh. Like, yeah, when the when the shed is about to fall on MJ. Because I remember how epic that was because the quick side he ramp. Gr- that scene made you think they were going to kill MJ right there. Mm-hmm. The way they filmed it, the way his face looks, was a great. Oh, you just pulled up my heartstrings from that one. <laughs> that one scene. Anyway, everyone, welcome to episode one eighty one. This was a reading assignment. Yes, I know. Wow, one eighty one for the Capeless Crusaders. This was a reading assignment, and we are tackling a heavy topic because usually when it's the X Men, it tends to be. Heavy and topical and political. And it when it's a, Chris Claremont, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The nineteen eighty-two uh series, X-Men, God Loves, Man Kills. And so we had the assignment to read that. Tom and I read that, and we'll be going over that very shortly. But first, we're gonna have a little segment here because our boy Tom, he did have something else he read. So when we do that, that means we have to go. Around the horn. What, what's the horn now? It's it's an epic horn sound. Josh and I have talked. We've talked. Uh, yeah. It's going to be some sort of an epic sounding horn. And, okay. uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's so it was, we were going for something Lord of the Rings-ish. We'll see if that's Okay, 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 okay. I like that. <laughs> that's cool. I like that. It's like a fanfare. Yeah, I exactly. Like yes, yes. Okay. Or we go dark with... <laughs> <laughs> So, Tom, what are you reading? Uh, so, um, I read, uh, which is, I think, uh, just the title in itself is a point of controversy. Um, it is a DC comic book. Okay. Um, and it was published in 2019, okay. so pretty new. Yeah. And it debuted a brand new character, DC, uh, created by, by uh, Brian Michael Bendis and David, David F. Walker. Um, and this character... Has a TV show already, and it's show ran by Ava DuVernay oh, on the CW. Okay, I know and this com- this comic book is called Naomi nice. Season One, not nice. Volume One, Season. Season One. Okay, so uh, I think a lot of comic book fans. I think I remember uh, the good Doctor mentioned how there was a little bit of animosity in the comic book community that a lot of comic book writers were just creating comic books in order to get movie deals out of. Um, so. You know, this had a little bit of its own, um, you know, uh, upward climb to, cr- uh, to, to 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 trek. But I will say that there's some interesting uh, uh, takes. A lot of people are saying like it has it's 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 woke for no reason. I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, it to me, it's just a really cool story. So Naomi is a brand new character in the DC universe. You know, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, the Trinity, you know, the, you know those people, you know, you listen to this show, you kind of know about comic books. And um, in this story, the superheroes, Just League, all of them are all established. And in this sleepy little town in Oregon, uh, Naomi uh, is an adopted child, uh, a, a, a black girl who's like 16 or 17 years old and lives in this sleepy town and uh, an event of Superman crash landing, find, uh, fighting some uh, a villain, and then flying off, sparks her innate, already there curiosity of where she came from. 
Mm. Um, and it takes a dive into kind of in the in-universe uh, look at how children who are uh, adopted look up to Superman. Not that particularly that uh, he he's a he's a superhero, but that he is also an orphan who is adopted by Earth, and later on found out that he was special. And so orphans or ado- adopted children like Naomi, um, you know, want to know more about her. I'm not going to give the big spoilers and all that stuff, but I'll just say this. Uh, there's a lot of, there, there are some, there's some boom tubing, um, not necessarily just because of where those come from, but there's some portaling happening. There's some multiverse stuff happening. Uh, the ways that uh, the two writers have created Naomi, they wanted to implement like this character to have, the power levels equivalent to almost like Thor. They wanted like the level that Naomi, the 16 year old girl would find her powers. And when she walked in a room, there was like, now if there was a brawl, she would definitely be taking out 80% of the people in that room. Nice. Um, Which is really cool. I think her power set's really cool. I think the story does lend itself to a very visual medium. I haven't watched the show yet, um, but the artwork by uh, Jamal Campbell, phenomenal. It's beautiful, beautiful artwork. Um, I love that kind of newer, it's like Dan Mora uh, kind of coloring, where it's just like, you're just blending like purples into yellows so seamlessly and it looks so cool and good. And um, it's a touching story. And there's some unlikely relationships between different characters uh, that I wasn't expecting. That was really, really fun. And uh, I just want to see where it goes after this. But yeah, nice. Naomi season one, which is available. And you really can't find it in a bookstore. Um, I had to get mine digital online. Gotcha. Yeah, I yeah. was uh, I was excited about this, having seen the commer- uh, the commercials for it, the news. Uh, I haven't watched the series yet, but I mean, with Ava DuVernay's name attached to mm-hmm. it, that just screams excellence, in my opinion. Uh, but no, that sounds amazing. I really woke for no reason. What's woke for no reason? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, I mean... We, we we this isn't that going to be that episode, but I I, I well, we could talk about it later. We, maybe maybe that's an extra episode. An extra episode. We could do an extra for, episode on that for 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 the, for the Patreon. For the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gotta get the voice ready for that. Excellent. Nice. Uh. Nice side reading there, Tom. Mm-hmm. Well done. Uh. And now that we've covered what Tom is reading around the horn, uh, no news to worry about right now. Not that there isn't news happening, but you know. You know, you guys know what's happening. If, if you listen to this show, you're following Nerd On, you're following the Crusaders, you follow probably comicbook.com and CBR, and you've got it. Wait, don't follow. You've got it covered, don't, or we've no. got it covered. Don't don't follow them. Don't, they're not. They're not. They're not. Or, or Cosmic Book News. Don't don't follow them either. Don't follow them. That's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, well, you know what's going on. But what we're gonna do is move right into our main event, right into the assignment. No pop quiz, just right into discussion. We're gonna talk about again. X-Men, God Loves, Man Kills from 1982, written by Chris Claremont and drawn by Brent Anderson. Uh, I did pick up the the special edition that came out in 2020. I can't tell you what was different from the original one, but that's the one I read from. Uh, I don't think the, I think the ending was the same. Oh, so you got the extended cut, right? I got the extended cut, yes. Yeah, so yes. the uh, factoid, uh, this isn't my first time reading this book. Get out. Uh, we did this episode on Nerd On. And if you want to hear Corey, Josh's, and Caitlin's perspective on it, please. Uh, what, epi- but, what episode? What episode? 
I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. If you go to the website, nerdon.tv, then you can just look up there it is. Podcast X-Men comics, and then you can find it. Perfect. Um, but that being said, uh, I read the original one. So the original non-extended cut does not have the bookends. Okay. Uh, of with uh, what's the dragon's name? The the Kitty Pride has a dragon named La like Longmere or something like that. Kitty Pride right. Dragon is named is Lockheed. Lockheed. Yeah, Lockheed. Oh, Longmere. Uh, I was way off. <laughs> Samsonite. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so there, there's Lockheed there. And there's like this little story in the extended cut, like in the beginning, telling about this story that happened in the past. I think it kind of just adapts it gotcha. so that like people who are reading it now in the 2020, they're like, oh, look, new art style. And then they're like, oh, look, let me tell you the story of what happened back then. And then they're like, this is what ha- this. And then you read it just as if you got it back in the day. That's what I read. That's what mm-hmm. I was reading. I got that intro and exit at the end. Okay, that makes sense now. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yes, uh, I went into the first time I read this book. I'd always heard about it. We've brought it up before Oof. in conversations. Um, I now realize reading this that this is pretty much the inspiration to X2, X-Men United. Uh, granted, things are changed. There's different way they went by it. Uh, but I see the elements there. Um, for a quick synopsis, we uh, I don't want to do the... Uh, the Wikipedia synopsis gives like away everything. I don't want to do that. Uh, but mm-hmm. basically... Uh, St- William Stryker in this book is, is it's inter- his introduction. He is a reverend who has now formed this uh, belief that the mutants or the muties need to be uh, exterminated, that they are the representation of evil in our world. And he is basically trying to get all mutants and have them wiped out. And the X-Men, it shows the X-Men dealing with this, which at first starts off with a debate between uh, Charles Xavier and Stryker himself on ABC News. And we find out that Stryker has some plans involving uh, Xavier that ends up involving the kidnapping of Xavier, Cyclops, and Storm. And we follow the remaining X-Men, including Miss Kitty Pride, uh, Wolverine, Colossus, and Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler, who are find out that they they are we're meant to believe that Xavier, Cyclops, and uh, Storm have been killed. I when, thought you said you're not going to spoil everything. I'm, I'm not. I won't go <laughs> to the end. <laughs> when we find out, thanks to Wolverine's nose and him having an experience of setting up deaths, that they're not dead, and we find out that they're being you know interrogated or broken by Stryker. And that's where I'll leave it, because there's more to come after that. But you can see already the elements that kind of inspire or influence X2. The whole kidnapping of Xavier, uh, Cyclops being one of the two that are that are kidnapped. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, that's the brief synopsis. Tom. Uh, Tom. I, I, I kind of want to, can, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I give a, give a try at this brief synopsis? Bro, the floor is yours. Um... Mute, young mutants are being slaughtered on the streets. Yes. And uh, in a political ideology, ideological battle that takes place on the screen between Xavier and the Reverend William Stryker, which is introduced for the first time in the Marvel comic books in this uh, series, uh, it all goes south. In a battle of ideologies of fear-mongering and logic, Xavier is losing the war on the public perception of what mutants are. 
Um, and like because, present day, doesn't it? Wow. And because of the recent uh, slaughterings, uh, Xavier, Scott, and Aurora are uh, taken away to a mysterious place, and the rest of the X-Men have to figure out what to do. Um, and now they are led by their greatest foe, Magneto. Magneto. To save the day uh, from someone who is trying to wipe out mutants in the name of God. Hello, Charles. And that's it. That, 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 that's how I would do it. That's how yeah. I would do it. We'll Bye. go with that one. Take two. <laughs> take two we'll go take with take two. two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It, boy, does this storyline written, in, again, in 1982, ring true 40 years later. I mean, so uh, the cool uh, the cool thing about X-Men is that I think it's because of Chris Claremont. Chris they're always Claremont, topical. They're, they're, they're always such a good like avatar for like people who are facing discrimination, who are being attacked and targeted and demonized in society um, in a way, whether, you know, it's by race or by sexual orientation, belief, whatever it is, X-Men just fits into that mold of you can assign the X-Men to any part of society that you feel. And unfortunately, like people, I mean, honestly, people like us who are sitting with a camera, with the internet, with the microphone, with a lot of privilege who are uh, have, you know, lucky enough to have four walls and um, to not be persecuted in the streets. We see this. We understand that there are people, our, our, our fellow human beings struggling. And then X-Men just allows you to use fiction to tell these real, real stories. Yes. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, uh, along those lines, being that this was written in 82, the, the big AIDS epidemic was going on at that time. And the, these, the, the, the spotlight was being shown upon the homosexual crowd. And how they were to blame for the AIDS epidemic and how AIDS was put on to them and they were the cause of it. And they were the problems with our cities and the problems with our neighborhoods and scaring the children and everything like that. Exactly. So the the way this is written at that time makes complete sense how it, you know, it it, it replicates what's going on in real life. Again, what the X-Men are always so good at doing. And still, 40 years later, being the shitstorm that's occurred the past few years, uh, this story still rings true there uh, there's so many lines i read in this that made me like smile not because it was funny but smile because i'm hearing this today uh we're hearing certain groups say the same thing strikers groups are saying um whether it's regarding god or what this country should be or is supposed to be and it just it echoes and it, it's something like it, this the x-men just excel at both in in cartoon, in comic, in film, whatever medium you're you're watching the X Men in. Um, favorite favorite parts, Tom. If you okay. if you have any of this, and I, so I know we did like a little brief. Are we allowed to do like full spoilers now? Or I it's a forty year old comic, so yeah, we can okay. we can spoil okay. the hell out of it. Um, <laughs> and I do want to just talk a little bit of a tidbit of just like the great the great thing also about. Uh, X-Men, especially this comic book, I guess this will be one of my favorite parts, is the writing. It is just like mm-hmm. the fact that at the end of it all, Cyclops realizes like, hey, we can't just beat up Stryker. We can't just take down uh, who, who are the, 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 the purists. The, uh, the, the, the purists, I believe they were called. 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're something like that. They're, 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 the one, they're pretty much the clan. Yeah. They're, they're like a great uh, an allegory to the clan of you don't know who they are. They could literally be like bank tellers and your grocery baggers and all these people who have these precisionly trained like skills who are trying to wipe out whatever group that they're hating on. And um, it, it's just such a good story because um, not only do, do the X-Men realize that they can't just punch their way out of this, they have to beat Stryker in a, in a level of logic. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that Xavier excels at. Um, Xavier, and there's a moment in the beginning of the book where Xavier is supposed to have this like discussion debate on on the television, and Stryker doesn't use logic. He uses emotion. He mm-hmm. riles the fears of people and fear mongers them. He tells them to worry about their kids and and what's going to happen and wiping out a whole neighborhood and saying how dangerous things are. Where Xavier has to use logic, and at the end of the day, we get logic that wins. You know, it's like. You know, you're saying all mutants are are violent and 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 scary and and you know because we have powers, but was that about you know the abilities of someone who is a genius? What about the a person who has a gun? Like just because someone has a gun doesn't mean they're gonna hurt somebody. But someone who is going to you know who's always going to hurt somebody now has a gun mm-hmm. was always gonna hurt somebody. Like there's a difference, and you can't think about that. You know, with mutants, you have to see there's nuance in there, and it, it just topples all of strikers arguments and points live on television mm-hmm. and then finally you, you see striker like yeah you just see striker just completely lose everything and it's one of those like very satisfying like defeats of a character one like physically two his plans are foiled but three ideologically they're yeah. they're just defeated and it is such this satisfactory ending that really kind of like makes you wish that this stuff would happen you mm-hmm. know like not the terrible things that happen, but like someone finally stands up and says all the right things to really kind of like just end the 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 fiery hatred that that people have. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it it. There's one panel in there in the first, I think, chapter one or chapter two, where I think it's I want to say it was Kitty Pride describing how Striker can say these hideous things and yet so many people support him mm-hmm. and it, it it easily rings to what we've gone through in the last few years where someone can say something so hideous uh whether it's you know someone on their instagram or someone in power and still get such a following out of it to get such a a a, a fellowship that follows them and repeats them and it, telling me comics can't be deep and this comic literally goes so deep into something that is so realistic in our everyday life. Um, God, just hitting every heavy element that's in the story. I'm trying to think about it right now. Uh, the, you were saying they're like a mix of the pure, it's not Puritans, but the purists are basically a mix of the clan and an extreme evangelical sect because they've got the whole like big church group meeting like uh like a joel uh Osteen, uh church that he has in the finale and it it just hits on so many levels on what we face today and how it's we let fear rule us instead of logic like you said and how when that one speaker who's just charismatic enough 
to spit out the fears and get everyone to follow uh, him regarding what is the bad thing, who are the bad people, instead of using logic. It, it, it just, it's a timeless story. Um, and not just because Logan's wearing red and yellow, which was nice to see the old <laughs> red and yellow costume, right? When did the yellow and blue come in? I have no idea. Because I'm trying to like pinpoint, like the cartoon, he was always yellow and blue. And I'm trying to pinpoint like when the yellow to blue change happened and why that occurred. That's a random thing that has nothing to do with the story. But I thought it was interesting to see the uh, red, the red and yellow in this one. Um, and then seeing how some of the changes that were made for the movie uh, in comparison mm-hmm. to this. Uh, again, here being the introduction of William Stryker, he's a reverend. Uh, purifiers purifiers that's what they're called purifiers um so here he's introduced as a reverend and uh, it's somewhere down the road he's retconned to being the 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 military mind behind the weapon x program and it and almost like an x2 is one of my favorite x-men movies it's up there in like in my top x-men films uh but seeing how the route that they took in comparison to this book, um, I'm surprised Brian Singer at that time, we were big fans of at that time, um, didn't go the route as deep as this comic did. Like he touched on it, but didn't go as far as it could have. Now, again, this if you did if you did X-Men God Loves Man Kills, this is going to be a uh what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, a hot button movie. If this oh, were yeah. to come out, it would split audiences uh, because of the focus of of Stryker and the where where it really shouldn't. You're right; it should because I think I think the things that they changed, you know, like making like making him a colonel, a scientist in X two, you know, makes him just like, oh, well, it's because you know science goes too far. We've seen that happen before. Oh, generals who are you know callous and don't care about human life, we've seen that before. Um, but then to make it where they're, they're like a religious extremist, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, even at that time, people were very skeptical that that can actually happen. And this is my my thing, though. It's like, it shouldn't be. Like, as someone like me, who really is agnostic, atheist at, at, at worst, agnostic at best, Buddhist, because I was born into it, um, religion people who have religion as villains shouldn't be a cause of concern, mm-hmm. especially the fact that like it is for sure extremism. If anything, it's to show that like religion is a good thing. Nightcrawler is literally religious. He's, uh, he's straight up Catholic. He's straight up Catholic. Yeah. He's, he's straight Catholic. Up Catholic. Uh, the, 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 the etchings all over his skin. It's, it's yeah. all Catholic. daredevil, daredevil, yeah. straight up Catholic. Like mm-hmm. there are, you can have characters who believe in a higher power and totally still walk the line of like no religion's not bad nor does it make a character better than another one if anything it just allows people who have religion to see themselves in those characters they're not nut jobs they're, they're no. religious they're not nut jobs about it. and then there's people who always take everything to the worst place like a scientist who wants to help people wants to make dinosaur dna you know like <laughs> it's a bad thing like and and people who survive after you know, murdering their wife and and surviving a car explosion. Just oh, God chose me. I'm the one. Right. Exactly. Like that's what creates extremism, and that's exactly what happens in our everyday world. Like, you know, it's not. It is obviously the responsibilities of individuals and things like that. But like, 
I think a lot of people don't realize that a lot of groups that you know target certain people or have religious backing that's not what the religion is supposed to be about you know like at, at every level religion is supposed to unify and create community and find a better way of living and then people take it to the wrong places they learn the wrong lessons mm-hmm. you know so it's it's uh you know again now seeing it now i would love to assume that the american audience the world audience um you know could see striker just as they see like a russian nationalist right or mm-hmm. as they see you know like the the 911 as we saw thousands of movies come out of like islamist uh extremists and it's like being able to tell the difference of like that's not what islam is all about these mm-hmm. are extremists they want to hurt you because if you le- literally believe in something different mm-hmm. like you you know people who are listening if you believe have a faith you're not going to try to attack me because i have a different one you know like you're we're better than that as people but these are villains and that's what you do you show like that's why extremism is bad and when when the villains uh speak loud enough in a in a somewhat charismatic way that like you like you just said about fear over logic they they play on the fears and they point at someone else and say that's the boogeyman that's the one that's causing your issues uh those mutants are the reason everything is so bad right now we need to stop them and which again is a play on words for you know decades ago when it was some guy in germany saying those jews are the reason the world mm-hmm. is bad and to take care of them uh the the f- far conservatives who would have said that all muslims they're the reason things are so bad and to take care of them and now it's like all oh, political party whatever that party said that party's the evil one you need to take care of them and it just continues on and on and it, it makes you realize that while these our favorite comic books are works of fiction they're kind of inspired by fact yeah it's it's uh, i'm certain to believe that uh what was the the art that about art imitating life Mm -hmm. uh or life imitates art i I think art simply is just putting a uh, spotlight on the things we already do we're already guilty of doing i uh do you know this is a weird side tangent do you know uh you know gordon ramsay yes he cooks things in the else you know uh who trained him no uh his name is marco pierre white and uh, he's a he's a British chef or English chef, uh, and I've, was, I've been recently watching a lot of his stuff, and he's very just like soft spoken, but he, you could tell he came from a very firm upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said something I really like into because you know uh, people who are listening, you go you know a Steve's, you know me, uh, we're artists in our own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work on things, we're creative, um, and something that's kind of helped me kind of go through a little bit of life recently because I felt like I just lost complete control of it all. Um, in different worlds, learning and respecting uh, nature is the ultimate artist. And we are just here to present it mm-hmm. is something. You, nice. know, it, it, it le- it, you know, it leaves in that sense of like something like in this in comic book. Like, you know, what happens to our life and our history and our world, if you can weave a story out of that, that's the art. It's, it's what we already had. And now we just have a way to dress it up, not change it, but just present it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not change the facts, but you know, make it like where it's palatable for everybody. And um, I, you know, just talking about favorite parts, just specific, so we don't just go and talk about purely like the the ideology of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, Magneto, mm-hmm. Magneto coming in. Uh, so first time coming in right at the beginning, right after seeing those two children murdered and and like strung up at a playground, which is just 
dark, mm-hmm. just dark. This book, mm-hmm. and the purifiers are like, you know, the, the children are like, what do we do? It's like, you were born. Yep. And I was just like, oh my God. And then Magneto yep. there, he's just like, after with all the power that I have, I can't do anything to stop this. And I think there's something really, really cool with that, with Magneto of like realizing I can literally shift the tectonic plates of the planet. I can literally control the electromagnetism in like the air and I can't change the minds of of bigoted people or people who just choose hatred over understanding compassion. And then when, uh, you know, the big trio of the X-Men are taken away and, and everyone's looking for them. Wolverine does, you know, I'm going to do the best I can. Da, 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 bub. Bub. <laughs> and uh, it's not working. Like they, the, the purifiers are not responding to threats. They mm-hmm. will only respond to pain. And Magneto's like, let me show you what I'm going to do. And he like, he has this metal cocoon around them. He rips it off and starts like sieving it through their yep. bodies and painfully like, this is like, what is that? Wood chips underneath the fingernails kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's it's really one. You're like, I hate these purifiers. They killed in cold blood. But also, like Magneto is doing what he knows how to do best, yeah. which is to understand what pain and torture is. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where like they're the, the X Men are like, should we be doing this? And then Wolverine's just like, yes, absolutely, we should be doing this. And it's like it's this weird dark story where you're like, man, you can't. And that's that's the crazy thing. Like you know, like it's it's Guant it's a Guantanamo Bay conversation of like you know how far do we go and take it in order to get the information we need in order to save the people that are that don't deserve to be you know taken hostage mm-hmm. um another favorite part also the very end with uh when striker pulls a gun out on uh, kitty pride and then who saves the day a uniformed cop yep and it really kind of restores a little faith that like you know the system can do good if it truly is allowed to do good. Mm-hmm. If it's not allowed to do good, it's only going to do bad or only continue can you continue doing the same thing over and over again. And uh, he's just like, a man had a gun and was going to shoot it at an unarmed girl at the yep. end of the day. That's what it was. And in, like it, it was really like, and that was the thing where it's like, are they going to have to kill him? Is, are the X-Men going to look bad to kill William Stryker because he's about to shoot somebody? Mm-hmm. And instead, like, people homo sapiens get to intervene instead of just the homo superiors having to you know just prove the fact they deserve to exist so it's it was i'm I'm glad i read this um having had experience on the other side no longer being on that other side um i was never as whacked out extreme as what we see here what you see today in some areas but i did hear some of the extreme voices uh, years ago. And if I had read this back then, I probably would have glossed over a lot of it and just said, uh, oh, it's the, I, you know, no, I'm not that bad. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of them. I'm not that far, uh, without realizing that I'm listening to voices that ended up going that far. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's, uh, it is a, it allowed me to look back on that and see where I could have gone if I stayed in a certain area. Uh, where I, I could have allowed myself to be a part of if I had not made that change. And I find myself like looking at books like these and reading these lines and being like, man, I let that shit blind me for, for a decade. I let that shit just go around, go around my face, go beyond my back and not pay attention to it. 
And I'm, I'm thankful that I, I did make that turn. And now I can see this and point this shit out when I see it, whether it's in comic form or if it's on my news app when it comes up or when I'm watching something on TV. And it, it like I said earlier, you can always count on the X-Men out of all comic characters. And every comic book hero or comic character has had their deep uh, stories that deal with real life stuff that we go through. But it's like the X-Men always deal with that. That's always been their 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 go-to since their their creation in the 60s. They were they are the continuation of the civil rights movement. They are the continuation of the human rights movement. Uh, it's always been a main factor in the X-Men stories and you can always count on the X-Men tackling issues like this and as t- no matter how tough it is and it's something that anyone who's been through situations like this in their lives can relate to whether you are a person of color whether you are a person of a different religion whether you are a person of different uh, sexual orientation or or Uh gender what have you the x-men always have a way to connect with you they they they, the x-men connect on all fronts and represent the battles that you we've all been fighting the civil rights march the stonewall riots all of it can be can be tied to the stories we read in those those mutants that we love and continue to read to this very day. No, yeah, so. um, uh, I mean, yeah, we, I think we could definitely talk hours on just kind of like how this story means so much in so many ways. Like, I think one part I really liked, and also this was like you know a big part back in was it nineteen eighty two? You said eighty eighty two. Um. Just like the whole, you know, at the bar, you see Kitty Pride getting out of a fight and someone calls uh, her friend uh, a mutie lover. Mm-hmm. And uh, this friend is black. And, uh, and and this, you know, young kid who's just like, you know, saying everything that his daddy probably tells him to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, her friend's like, you know, hey, you got to let it go. And it's a big deal because, you know, in this book, you know, people who are listening, they drop the the N word, mm-hmm. and it's a big deal. It's like, what? And, and Katie Pryde looks up to her and says, "Like, what if he said, uh, I was an uh, an N word lover? Like, wouldn't you feel the same way I felt? Mm-hmm. Like, and there is something about that where it kind of not puts it in a way where like, oh well, black people wouldn't be there to help out other uh, minorities or targeted communities." It just kind of also builds upon this idea that every human um, has a level of complicitness when they're not the ones being targeted. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough pill to swallow. I think that there, there's a lot to unpack with that, specifically around the idea that, like, you know, once it's your turn, you kind of reap what you sow, right? Like, so if you weren't there for your fellow human being in their time of need because their plights didn't affect you when it happens to come to you like and for some reason hatred and and phobia just kind of finds a way to maneuver into different worlds and stays in the same ones for far too long but you know it doesn't it doesn't want to choose it doesn't it isn't truly biased purely on you know how where you come from it's just however people with the loudest voices want to target you. 
And so when that happens to you, hopefully, you know, you've kind of built up some karma and you've, you've shown that you are a, a person of community and that there people will be there for you. And so this, this part in the book is really kind of like, Oh wow. Like it's really kind of drawing those lines of like, you know, like how mutants and how people or, you know, people, you know, like the mutants go through something like this. And it's so, it's so heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, I mentioned <laughs> one of my, uh, favorite panels that appear in it. It reminded me of where singer singer took it from in the first movie. It's when, uh, Logan is trying to interrogate the guy and he puts his fist mm-hmm. under his chin and the one claw goes on one side and the other claw goes on the other side and you're waiting for the middle one to go through. And it reminded me of the cage fighting with Logan in the first movie mm-hmm. when he puts his fist up. And the two claws are on the other side of the face, and you slowly see the middle claw come out. Coming like, out. Ah, okay, I see. I see that. I really, I enjoyed the way that panel looked, though. Just the guy's face, frightened. One claw, one claw, and waiting for that middle one to pop up before Magneto stops. <laughs> that was one of my favorite panels there. Just, just for the Logan badassery, because you know what? We, we, we. Every now and then, we can use a little, just Logan, bub badassery, in, in certain panels. <laughs> No, oh, yeah. Um, also, uh, another uh, favorite part of mine is uh, just just seeing uh, like we'll, like Logan go to the crime scene mm-hmm. and then realizing that it's uh, a fake a fake crime scene because he just knows like oh I've and that's the thing where I really liked because Chris Claremont really just you know took the time to with with the X Men characters to make them like more like we're gonna talk about their relationships and how they view the world instead of like. Here's a new mutant bad guy, and now they gotta take him down. Here's Apocalypse, they gotta take him down. Yep. Here, are, you know, some aliens, they gotta take him down. All this stuff. It's much, you know, there's still action in this, but it's much more like what happens when you take this character out of the fold. What does that mean for the characters? Like, mm-hmm. oh, what happens when this character jumps into the fold? What does that mean for these characters? Like, developing creative pride. And and after re- re- rereading this for this episode, it really made me just kind of think like Corey, uh, co-host on Nerd On constantly talks about how he wants Ava DuVernay to do um, X-Men. And uh, I agree with him. And I think, I think uh, honestly, the best way to go about it to me, if Ava DuVernay wants to do it, you start out with the X-Men already being established Mm -hmm. and uh, Storm is recruiting Kitty Pryde. And Kitty Pryde is this young girl who needs like a surrogate mother figure. And Storm is that character for her. And then later on learned how Scott is like the older brother, you know, in that way where Storm and Cyclops are kind of like, hey, we're taking care of you. We're the older ones. You know, there's, you know, the the uncle, it's Wolverine. And then there's mm-hmm. dad of them all, which is, you know, uh, Xavier. And I think Kitty Pride really kind of like after reading this really shot up my list of like, oh, she's one of my favorite characters um, because she does add a lot of like emotional understanding and identification that I have where it's like, yeah, I wouldn't want to stand around for things either, but also knowing that like sometimes the best thing to do is to bide your time and also just kind of assess the situation instead of like getting, you know, emotional and getting into it, which is, is the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do, especially when, you know, you're being attacked from, from all sides. So Mm -hmm. like Katie pride was, was pretty great in this too. God, an Ava DuVernay X Men film would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. That would, that, yeah, I mean, she's on the. I mean, we, we we like her over at DC. 
uh, doing the Naomi thing, and it'd be great if we get the new gods in the future. If, if there's any way we could unpause that mm-hmm. and get her and uh, uh, oh my god, I'm forgetting his name. Tom King. Thank you, Tom King. The DC's golden boy, basically, right now when it comes to their comics. Uh, to have those two working together would be amazing. But if she wants to do X Men, also, I'm I'm fine with that too. Whatever. I, uh, anything anything Ava does, basically, I'm pro anything Ava wants to do. I'm gonna watch it. Um, but yeah, I think what haven't we covered? And God loves man kills. <laughs> well, one thing I mean, you 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 know some of of the faith, right? I, I do. I I I was uh I was raised Catholic. I am baptized, first communion, and confirmed. I am no longer a practicing Catholic, but I, I, I'm in. I'm in the. It's in the status. Yeah. Why? Why? Why is it called God loves man kills? What does that even oh. mean? Oh, it, it, well, God has always been love, and man has always been violent. It, it, we've we uh, it, for me and in, in my reading of it, um, whatever God had. Whatever, and this is whatever God you believe, whatever your your higher power is, had in mind a certain set of ideals, and men found a way to destroy it, contort it, change mm-hmm. it into what benefits them. And whatever you are learning now, depending on who your preacher or reverend or whoever it may be, um, Whatever they are preaching, it tends to be, in my opinion, something that was not the original intent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could get really questionable with my opinions on the Bible, but that's just me. <laughs> um, it, uh, but that's that's how I view it. Uh, God is love, and man is the one that threw death and killing into everything God does. Uh, you know, God had love, and men created the Crusades. You know, that's mm. one way I look at it. Uh, God mm. has love, and men created the um, the Inquisition, uh, the the Salem witch trials. All that uh, was man's uh, man's belief that they must kill in order to have their God's rule be intact, which is not what God intended. If you were to ask the former Catholic boy here, mm-hmm. the former altar server, <laughs> yeah, I just felt like it was a very interesting. Like, as someone who never went to, like, you know, Catholic or Christian church or anything like that, uh, God loves, man kills is, like, a very, like, boom, 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 boom. How do these mm-hmm. two words work, against, work with each other? What are they trying to say? What is it trying to, you know, and maybe it's something that, like, because I just don't have any central ideas about, you know, higher powers and all stuff growing up. I was just mm-hmm. like, I understand, like, a higher power, what God is and, you know, the creationism and all that stuff that William Stryker is talking about. Mm-hmm. And man kills, you know, in this, in this sense, it was, you know, it's just kind of like, it's a very cool way, I think, to also toe the line even more, like mm-hmm. with Stryker being like, you know, I am chosen by God and stuff like that. But then the book still intends to say like, well, but God only loves and man is the one that kills. And then you just threw your number one lieutenant off the podium. And so she snapped her neck, which is, you know, like, you know, it, it, it it's cool because it still gives, I think, people. And that's what that's why I say, like, again, if they were to adapt this into a live action in any way, keep the name, because at the end of the day, it's still creating a space for people who do have faith and belief that as long as your God is about love, then you're not this person. You know, it creates mm-hmm. that safe space for you. And also that sense of like, 
you know, there is a fine line, a, a boundary that you can be like, okay, you know, like it's, you know, it's, it's okay to, to be of the faith because, you know, striker is not the poster boy for religion. I would hope, I would hope at least. No, so no, it's a, it, it rings true with the whole, it, we're supposed to be taught that God loves and mm-hmm. man has contorted that time and time again. Um, you know, it's, it's too many pieces of evidence I can go into right now about, uh, how the religions were formed and it, it's, you know, maybe, you, maybe, maybe that should be a based on true story. I mean, yeah. When season three, when I get season yeah, three going, right. Yeah. Based on a true journey. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Thanks for the hey, plug. Hey, 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 man, we got to plug them all, baby. <laughs> if we don't, who will? It's a good point. Yes. Based on a true journey hosted by Anthony and Steve's. <laughs> Steve's <laughs> loves Tom kills. <laughs> <laughs> Parentheses. And sometimes the Steve's kills too. Uh, <laughs> Just, just tiny little caption. Tiny, and sometimes the Steve's kills uh, <laughs> when he's really upset. No, um, man, but yeah, this is this is this is nice. This is a nice deep conversation here. I, I would I would recommend everyone to read it, uh, it whether yes. you're really into comic books or not. I think the cool thing that I saw a quote from Chris Claremont was, uh, uh, polit- you could take politics out of any comic book, but you can't take politics out of art." Exactly. And I thought that was really wonderful. And I think just if you don't even like, look, I'm I'm the guy that always got some kind of bone to pick with Disney, and 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 Marvel fans. Listen, talking to y'all, y'all are the most sorest winners of all fucking time. Um, <laughs> and I'll say it this way: if you don't even for the DC fans or whoever fans who just don't like Marvel that they're they're winning and they're the topic of every conversation, doesn't matter. This is one of the greatest books that you should read. Like mm-hmm. the like all fiction, all fiction. You should read this book. Like Th- this is such- the book. This is the book I'm bringing up to people who think that comic books are nothing more than just kids superhero fights, and that's all they are. This is the book I'm going to say no. Read this. This is deeper than just superheroes fighting villains. This is yeah. this ties in to us, to how we are. And I would put that, like you said, this is one of the great books of comic, the greatest comic books written. I think honestly, like in terms of just, you know, stories of morality and humanity as a whole that takes place on such a kind of grand scale and kind of really displays the human condition uh, in a way that in in, in a almost of a black mirror-esque kind of way, I guess you would call mm-hmm. this like a canvas mirror since it's all art. Uh, it, this is like to me like like. Like if Marvel's like greatest story to me, I think ever going to be told is probably this. Mm-hmm. This is like equivalent to like DC's like Kingdom Come. Nice of just like yep, yep. Faith, you know, doubt. You know, what do we do when we are not given any option to be good humans mm-hmm. to each other? We have to just try and find the way. Um, also, I love in this book that like there is this quiet questioning of like. Cyclops and Storm being like Xavier, or I don't know. Yeah, they're like Xavier. I don't know if you're the best for the X Men anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the very end, it was a little like, ooh, a little ominous. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a thread of like Cyclops and Storm, like also l- like wanting to become leaders of the X Men. But like this was a very like wonderful, nice little warm, like you know, button. But it is a little bit of like, oh, like will like you know. 
Xavier almost lost this, you know, battle of the uh, of the soul of of the country or the world uh, mm-hmm. for in front of all the mutants, and it, it, yep. it's a little scary. So, yep. Well, man, good talk, good chat. Yeah, yeah we should find <laughs> more uh, books that pertain to our everyday life and have something to say, which is. Probably all of them. <laughs> well, there goes well. There goes my idea of going back to pow pow bang bang again. Jesus, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, that concludes our discussion on X Men: God Loves, Man Kills. Again, written by Chris Claremont and drawn by Brent Anderson. Brent Anderson, excuse me. You can pick this up uh, on Comicsology. Or whatever your favorite comic book app may be, but Comicsology is definitely a good one to find it. Uh, if you can't find it in your local comic book shop, but if you know your comic book uh, shop really well, they might be able to order it for you. Who knows? Yeah, if you, if you go to nerdon.tv, you check out the support page, you go to the affiliates, buy it through there, and you can get it through Comicsology, and that'll get us get us some 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 months. And that's why Tom's here. Yeah, there's only uh, so much script I remember. Yeah, I, I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm I'm corporate coming down. <laughs> Redwood original Tom, right there. <laughs> Again, back to Curtis's place, tables, shoe boxes, you know, all that. Reading when witches. I was twenty-two. Yes, and I was let's see, I was thirty-two. Are you ten years older than me? I think so, because twenty fourteen we started, and I was thirty-two when we started. Or just about I, to turn thirty-two. I was about to turn thirty-three. Or 20, 23. So yeah. you're nine years old. Man. Yep. Okay. Yep. Old Man of Steve's. Give me a movie. Old Man of Steve's. <laughs> anyway, that concludes our discussion here. Uh, pick it up where you can or where Tom told you to go. Go right there. Again, I am joined by the legend. Redwood original. TCC original. He has the mm. cut somewhere in his closet. It says TCC and... This is Arden original on it, probably. On it's the Nerd On graphic, it has a the Crusaders logo on my shirt. Yeah, but I'm trying to make like a vest for you from Sons of Anarchy. I'm trying, I'm trying to, uh, and, you know, are we trying to get make cuts? Are we trying to make yeah. cuts? Yeah, I'm trying to visualize it. TCC original, Arden original. Excuse me, Arden original. Uh, maybe like a you know a fruit stand type of logo for other reasons. <laughs> um, I again am joined by. Hi, I'm Tom. <laughs> 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 the guy who ends this conversation. Hi. Uh, hi. <laughs> Good to have you here, Tom. Thank we'll you. have you back again for our next episode. We'll have another heavy comic to read. Important comic. Important comic to read. That, of course, is the comic March by Mr. John Lewis. Rest in peace, Mr. John Lewis. R. That's R. going baby. to be our next episode, which will be episode 182. But until then, thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We hope you pick up this comic book because you should be reading it. And I can't, I need to find something else besides good night because people listen to our shows morning, noon, night, whenever. You, and I keep saying good night. You don't want to know what I, I started doing? What have you been, what have you been saying? Uh, I, I've, I've been taking a page out of Mr. Rogers and saying, take care of yourselves and take care of the people around you. Ooh, that's a good one. I can't take that from you though. That's yours. Um, I mean, you want to do, uh, you could do Superman. Which one? Uh, just American Way? What? He's not the American way anymore. That's right. He changed that. He did. And that's why I say you could do that one. Which one was it? Better tomorrow. Have a better tomorrow. There it is. There's my new one. I'm doing hey, 
Thanks, Kryptonian and Tom. Thank you. Hey, hey, hey to, writers here. Writers here. Writers. <laughs> to everyone listening, we thank you. Don't forget to like us on your favorite uh, podcast app. Like, subscribe, leave a review. review. Leave a review unless it's a bad one. And if it's a five bad star one, review, hey, ha- how about this? Can, can, you, can you make? Can, 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 we start doing incentives. Can okay, you like if, if you if you get like a new five star review, mm-hmm. you guys read it out on the show. There it is. You give us a five star review. I will read your review on our next episode. And I might unzip my shirt while I do it. Verbatim, as long as there's nothing hateful or, you know, that would exactly. get too much trouble. Vulgarity is fine, but nothing yeah. hateful. Okay? Nothing hateful. It can be All love, baby. Vulgarity. All love. All love. Leave a review. Five-star review. Again, thank you for listening. And as Tom said, to everyone listening, for a better tomorrow, good night. <laughs>